0: and welcome back to the Catchgate podcast. Today we are on episode number seven and we are going on an adventure to Honduras. Now when people hear Honduras they're like what? Are you crazy? Are you actually crazy? But yeah we are going there and we're going to explore again some of the biodiversity, some kind of funny and adventurous stories and of course talk about the marine life and all the beautiful species you can find along the Caribbean. So first off I was in El Salvador as you know from last week and I was kind of trying to figure out how would I get to Honduras in the safest way possible so I had been in Santa Ana which is like kind of it's in the mainland of El Salvador and I was so keen to get to the coast of Honduras to get back to the Mesoamerican Barrier Reef and I had also heard that it was very very cheap to do diving licenses so I was like I need to get there I had arranged with my hostel in El Salvador for a transport early in the morning to try and get to the coast where I would have had to get a boat as well so my bus arrived that morning at around 11 and there was this one just one man in a bus and I was the only person in it but it looked like really modern and clean and expensive I guess so I felt kind of okay like I'm in a legit bus because you hear stories about things happening in buses and that and I I, sometimes I was very like afraid you know but I felt confident and then luckily we went to pick up another guy in a hostel so there was two of us so we were both going from El Salvador into Honduras but it was really really long journey we actually did three a three country border crossing that day I, I had been in three countries in one day it was kind of funny we had to change our money a couple of times as well we kind of spent full day in the bus all along kind of the guatemala we went through the guatemalan border as well um so it was like we were going back and forth i was like what what are we doing and why am i going back to guatemala but anyway in the end i ended up in a town called copan it was kind of like a halfway point between the mainlands and it's so funny because when i think about ireland and people are like oh it's such a long journey up to galway or up to you know somewhere that's two or three hours away and I'm like, oh my God, you should try getting a bus in Central America or South America. You'll be on it for a day, you know. <laughs> but it's all about uh, perspective, isn't it? The longest bus ride, well, the longest journey, I'd say, between buses, like I did a full, it was kind of like a day and a half. And that was between Honduras and Nicaragua. But i probably cover that in the next, uh, the next episode, which was a super long journey. So I got to this place called Cobán. And I was just literally spending one night there, just sleeping in the hostel and getting up again in the morning to get on another bus, to get out to the coast, to get a boat to this island called Utila. And if you look it up online or you, you know about it, you'll know that it's one of the best spots for diving in Central America. It's very famous for its marine species, you know, it's it's beautiful coral. You know, you can find dolphins there, whale sharks, manatees. Oh, it's just, it's immense... amount of uh, species you can find and just so stunningly beautiful deep carved out walls as well and shipwrecks and oh just it's endless the choice of what you can see there. So here I found myself in Copán and mainland Honduras and I was kind of sceptical because I was like where am I staying you know because when you buy these kind of packages for transport I, I just did that for this trip because i thought it's safer you know um i had heard that it wasn't very safe to be on your own on the mainland so i was like i'm gonna book a package of transport and and it included was that was a hostel but oh my the standards oh my (laughs) you really have to be ready for low standards because when i got into the dorm room i was like oh my god the smell there was like Mm, seven or eight beds very very tiny beds uh, I safe to say I didn't sleep that night um, and it was so hot in there there was literally one fan and the fan was just blowing roasting hot air so I spent the whole night like sweating and just turning and turning and turning and just waiting for the bus the next morning again at 6am And like you just put up with it, you know, when you're a backpacker and and you're kind of traveling cheap, you just put up with like these kind of standards and yeah, you just get along with it. But I was also cautious that on the bus the next day there'd be no toilet. So again, you know, I was like, oh, can I even drink water? And you're like so hot and yeah like it's not easy like I know online you see all the amazing photos but behind the scenes like it's it's tough going and it is challenging I did actually enjoy the night in that town um, because yeah, it was, it was kind of like the rush and the thrill of getting into a new country. I was like, yes, I'm in Honduras. And I got my stamp. And yeah, it's just something as well I'm so grateful for was the ease that I had on at every country. When I arrived, people at the border crossings were so lovely, so inviting, uh, not really many questions. And luckily, as I picked up Spanish on the way, I could have a chat with them. And it, yeah, it ended up being very it was so easy for me like you know and I'm just so grateful for that because at many times you know if I was in a bus with other travelers or even in some countries you'd have to pay a fee like in Brazil like I remember and we were I was passing through with two Canadians and they had to pay money going in and I didn't you know so I just felt very lucky to be able to get in and out so easily and I'm very grateful for that um, because not everybody has that ease of, of traveling you know so anyways, I spent the night in this amazing hostel. Um, Really not. And uh, we were laughing as well because the cops, the cops were super friendly. I suppose they knew that load of us travelers were like on a one night stop off in the middle of nowhere in Honduras. And uh, I just remember having such a laugh with the police that night. And we were like, hi, how are you? And the police were laughing away and they were super friendly and super nice. So yeah you know when you can get along with the police, you know you're safe and Copan as well actually has Mayan ruins, which are classified as UNESCO sites. so many tourists actually do travel there to just explore the ruins, but I kind of just chose to go straight out to the coast i had I had actually been you know around Mexico, Guatemala exploring Mayan ruins, so I thought, you know I'll just head for the coast. So off I went anyway for the island of Utila and when I arrived at the coast, oh I was so tired guys, oh my, I was so tired after the two days, uh, full days of travelling, you know, on the buses and it was just tough like, you know, so eventually I was at this kind of harbour office for ferry tickets and they kind of told me, oh just buy your ticket there and i didn't really see any other tourists there so i was a little bit like oh god i I don't even know where i'm going where am i i'm on the coast of honduras and you hear all of these stories guys and i was really nervous but again then i just saw like a couple of people coming in that looked like backpackers so i was like oh thank god i can see people that are you know that are traveling you know um that may be as lost as me (laughs) genie guys at times i didn't know where i was going but anyway so i was looking on the boards and i could see the signs for the boat and the time it was coming so i had like a couple of hours and i went down the local street and i got some food um, and if you ever go there you you'll eat uh, these kind of tortillas called baleadas oh they're so delicious it's like refried beans with cheese um, mantequilla and like this kind of cream Oh, and then you can have other fillings as well, but they're really delicious. Um, they love corn. <laughs> corn is like a staple. They're very popular. And so the boat came and I was like, oh, my God, I'm so excited to go back diving. You know, diving is just like, oh, if you've heard my other podcasts, you'll be like, yes, we know, Kate. We know diving is amazing and we're going to do it. But um, I went I went onto this boat and I got ready to get to this island. I was so excited. So then when I got onto this boat I could hear all these um accents that were very like you know the Creole accent and English was spoken and just very local the way the people were and there was a totally different vibe on the boat and then this man started talking to me and he was like hey where are you off to and I was like oh you tilla." And, and he was like you do know like you're not gonna leave and I was like what? And he was like, you're not going to leave. He was like, that island captures people and they don't leave. And it is true. Oh my, there's three lies on that island. And they'll tell you once you arrive, basically one, I'm leaving tomorrow. The second lie is I love you. And the third lie is I'm not drinking tonight. And oh my, trying to stick to those rules it's so funny because you think oh no like what are they talking about but it actually is so hard to leave um the minute I got on that boat I felt the vibe of being at home and it was so lovely and then I got onto the island and everybody was just everybody just looks after you everybody's just looking after each other and again as I said when you're traveling and you feel so lost and you feel so vulnerable at times and you know you you miss home and everything um when you, when you get to places like that where they, where they get to know you and they get to know your name and they treat you like family and they're looking out for you and they really make you feel like it's your home away from home. You almost don't want to leave and it's very hard to leave. Very hard. They, th- those were the struggles on my trip and there were some places I left and I cried. I cried and I thought no because then you have to go back out into the world again and feel lost and not know where you're going and be looking at maps and trying to trust people and yeah it's it's a it's a whirlwind of emotions. So what ensued were many many weeks of pure adventure, bliss, fun, laughing, dancing, stargazing, diving, quad biking, volleyball, oh just It was just pure fun and you just forget the world around you. That's what it was like. So my daily life was kind of like you get up in the morning early, half five-ish. You get out onto the boat at around six, you know, you get your tank ready. You get your scuba gear ready and you basically just go out for like diving for the whole day. So you go out for a morning dive, then you come back, you'll have your food Uh, wash off your equipment then you go back out again in the evening for a dive um it's just it's an amazing lifestyle like absolutely amazing to spend that much time underwater and then in the evenings you would play volleyball and I learned how to play volleyball (laughs) I don't know if I can remember now because god help us in Ireland I haven't seen a volleyball net here but yeah it was just amazing I hadn't worn shoes for weeks I I actually forgot even what shoes were and it was so funny because I'd go out in the evenings like you go out nearly every night dancing or just with the locals or playing pool or just literally being around people all the time and I remember I'd go out in the evenings with one pair of flip-flops and I'd come back and I'd have a different pair on me (laughs) And some nights I'd come home from the bar and I'd have two different flip-flops on. And I'm like, whose flip-flops do I have on tonight? Oh, it's just so funny. Yeah, just pure madness and pure fun. So I actually did my advanced diving license in Utila. It's really handy uh, with the scuba schools because actually, it's actually better to do a cert rather than just go diving like you might as well get your cert because it's so cheap and i remember researching it and it was saying like along with thailand it was one of the cheapest places in the world so i was like definitely getting it and i was so tempted to go on further and do all the other certs but at the same time i knew on my voyage i had to keep going and it was so hard to leave because everybody's like why you can't leave why are you going oh it was so hard I was so tempted but I had met some people there that had started trips of their own and they had been on their trip like a month or two months and they never continued they had just stayed there and they had a house there an apartment and they were now working there they had one job or two jobs and I was just like oh no like I can't leave that happen like I have had so many plans in my head of the places I wanted to reach and I remember eventually when I ended up when I was trying to leave and I didn't, I was like, no, no, I have to get to Patagonia. You know, I was like, I need to get down to Patagonia because I was like, just, it's my dream. And, you know, I'm so glad I pursued because as we know what's going on in the world now, like you can't move really. So I'm so glad I had that drive in me to to keep following my dreams and keep pushing on, you know. Because at times we do need to resist you know, temptation and and just continue on with our our souls' whispers, if you get me. So doing my advanced diving cert, I spent about a week diving, around seven dives, and there was all different types of dives included, like shipwreck exploring, night dives. Then we would go down these deep walled coral reef structures. And we got to explore the bioluminescence at night. Amazing. I got to even jump off the back of a boat and swim with dolphins. And that moment was profound. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget. It was so funny because we were on our way out to a dive a dive site. And then we kept spotting these dolphins. I think they were bottlenose dolphins. And the driver was like, Okay, jump in. And we'd all jump in. And we are like, no, the dolphins aren't here. And then we'd go again for another few miles. And he'd be like, jump in. And we'd all jump in. And the dolphins weren't there. But then the third or fourth time we jumped in, the dolphins were there underwater. And I'll never forget seeing them. Um, there was like a larger dolphin. I don't know if it was a parent. And then a smaller one. And then another smaller one. So there was three in total. And you could hear the clicks. <gasps> like, even thinking about it now, I... It's just, I can't speak when I think about the sounds underwater of those beautiful species, you know. Actually, just an environmental concern, I might bring it up while thinking about it. With the marine life, they're only recently realising that the amount of ships and boats and, you know, whatever motors are in the water, that really affects the sonar of the species below and how they how they communicate with each other how they hear each other how they kind of work in symbiosis um that interrupts their sonar kind of communication so yeah they don't know to what extent the damage is but I recall watching one documentary and there was species of coral and fish there was a mother fish and baby fish and they were all communicating to each other and at one point there was some large ship passing over and you know the sound underwater is extremely amplified it actually hurts it's just completely different the sound and at times when you're diving you kind of wonder as well whoa is that ship above me or where is it because it's like the sound is altered in a way you know so you can imagine for a species down below it's so loud so it, it does interrupt them but basically this mother fish uh, couldn't communicate to her smaller fish about staying safe because of the ship overhead. And in the end, her her offspring, like a lot of them, had died because they didn't receive the communication to stay safe in a certain area of the reef. But that's just a small point to make you aware that boats do impact the sonar signals between species underwater. Off the island you have many many dive sites and huge structures of coral. You have about 65 species of coral and 500 species of fish and you can see fish like the angelfish, you can find loads of shrimp, you can find parrotfish. I love the parrotfish I think they're so pretty. Um, You can also find sea turtles, the hawksbill turtle which is critically endangered. And of course you have shipwrecks, which are super cool to explore. I mean, when you can dive down to great depths, you know, 20 meters or so. You just imagine the life the ship had, you know, and how it had happened. And then you see all these old ornaments or old pieces on them. And it's just, it's amazing to swim through that and explore and feel the silence of the underworld. Other than that, had a few more adventures. We took off one day quad biking. So you can rent out like quads. There was like maybe four quads we rented between eight of us, so it was very fun. Two on each quad. And we took off all around the island exploring all the jungles, exploring all the kind of deserted beaches. Just like amazing, amazing history and just areas that aren't normally explored. And we actually went up to the runway on our quad bikes. It was quite bumpy to get there. Kind of, you have to hold on real tight. And we kind of, we did some racing around the runway and just just loads of fun. And it was like eight girls, so we ha- we had a laugh, a blast. And actually something really interesting about that runway is that there was a crash there a few years back and they seized something like, tons of cocaine so apparently from the news the um the plane was coming from venezuela or it was registered from venezuela but a lot of the crew were colombian and they were used in honduras kind of as a transit country but it crash landed because it ran out of fuel and crashed into the jungle it was supposed that it was heading for another central american country like guatemala Um, but I thought that was really interesting, Uh, but I didn't actually get to see the plane. Some people said they went into the jungle, well, and they got torn and scratched and everything, trying to get through the the trees, but they found the plane and they got pictures in it, and yeah, they got to explore around the the leftover of it, you know, I, I thought it was so interesting, but yeah, just to feel the history that was there, and I'm sure there was other seizures that had happened there as well you know from the TV and Netflix and all of that there is quite a big uh yeah drug trade that goes on but luckily I didn't you know I didn't see any of it so yeah I got quite lucky that way but you know what you search for you get what you focus on you get so you know if you keep focused on having a a wonderful time and having beautiful experiences that's what you'll get so if you go looking for that kind of stuff you'll get that as well so that's just an advice if you do go traveling there be mindful of what you're looking out for because of course it's available there of course i was offered it many times during my trip but you just you just decline and you walk away because you never know what you're getting yourself into you know you don't know who somebody is or what background they have you just play it safe just play it safe Another amazing thing I did on the island was a private island rental. So the dive school I stayed at was a lot of young people, a lot of people into adventures and just having a good time. So we decided to rent an island off of Utila, which is also an island. And the island was called Little Cay. And there was like one house, one cabin and a coral reef. Can you imagine that? Like that is bliss I thought Utila was like amazing but like coming out to this place I was like oh my god it's just getting better and better so we took like a boat ride in the morning I think each person paid about twenty dollars twenty five dollars or even yeah maybe a bit more so yeah we went out to this island for the night we brought food drinks all what we needed snorkel equipment it was just amazing we just spent the whole day snorkeling walking around the palm trees just relaxing and exploring and just feeling the remoteness of where we were in in the world, you know, just on this tiny little, it felt like a little sand dune and you're just standing on it and you're surrounded by the whole ocean and there's nothing else, you know, it was so isolated. So it's like a private tropical island. You can actually look it up on Google and and look up about renting it. It's, It's like if you wanted to get away from the world that's where you have to go it's amazing and that night the stars in the sky like absolutely no light pollution I'll never forget it lying back on the sand and just staring up at the sky incomplete I just couldn't take my eyes off it it's just mind-blowing um, and I think when you stargaze or when you are looking at the night sky you you just feel how small you are you know, you're just so tiny in, in this vast universe. It just puts everything into perspective, you know? And that actually might be a good little mindfulness uh, tip for the week. Why don't you try some stargazing, you know? If there's a bright sky out during the week, get a chair, get some warm gloves, hot water bottle, hot chocolate, whatever you like. Go outside and look up at the sky at night, look at all the constellations. Um, you can actually download an app as well if you're interested in it. And you can see, you know, the names of the different constellations. You can see where the planets are located, at what times during the year, you know, how big the moon is or what um, cycle it's in. And it's just, it's just a beautiful way of becoming more aware of, yeah, where you are in the world. And um, it takes you out of your head. It takes you out of the mind and into the body and into feeling because as we know we're not living in a very relaxing time there are a lot of stressors going on at the moment i think we can all agree on that and it's so important for us to get out of our mind um because we, when we live in fear when the body's in a flight or fight you're constantly going around in your head thoughts 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 and it's like non-stop and sometimes it can be very hard to come out I know it can be so hard to come out of it um. but I think the minute you step into nature not I think I know when you get out into nature that all just goes away Um, and nature takes over your innate intelligence takes over and it's like hey come back to being yourself your your true nature which is calm presence ease Bliss, joy, you know, it it does take time, um, but the mind will silence eventually, and you will feel that calm. And hey, like what's more beautiful than seeing a falling star, like, and and don't forget to make a wish if you see one, um, because I just think when you see stars falling, it's just amazing. It's just a spectacular moment, so go out and do that and let me know if you see any stars falling i would love to know and actually a beautiful story as well i had on the island we had been out one night uh in one of the local bars and at some point you just get to know everybody everybody knows everybody it's local you know it's very safe very calm you can walk anywhere on your own you just get so friendly with everybody and we went off in one of the um you know the golf carts i don't even know yeah is that what they're called? up the road and they just let me drive the carts and they'd be like Kate you're driving into the ditch get out of the ditch you know so funny and I was like I'm in the Caribbean and it just I just loved it cause it was so relaxing I, there was no rules like you didn't have to wear any shoes and you could just do what you wanted and the police were super relaxed and just so much fun and then another night we went off on a motorbike to one of the remote beaches at the other end of the island and just walking on the beach in the middle of the night uh, with the whole the whole sky lit up with stars (gasps) amazing absolutely amazing and all you hear is the ocean and it's pitch black it's just it's so amazing and then the bioluminescence like (gasps) nature at its oh it's just mind-blowing like i can't It just makes me so happy thinking back on these beautiful moments. So I urge you to do this as well. I urge you to get out when the sky is dark and see all the beautiful stars lit up. And like imagine as well, they're all suns. Like, you know, our sun, obviously our sun is closer to us, but they're all suns as well. And they're just like these big balls of fire. (laughs) It's just amazing, you know, when you realize what everything is. Another very interesting thing about the Caribbean is the history of all the people and the colonizers that were yeah trying to take over over the centuries. Um, so you had the British in there, you had the Spanish in there, just like kind of huge conflicts between people about territories and it has allowed for a beautiful mix of cultures today it's so unique and, uh, and interesting to walk the paths of the island and look at the, the place names and, and the people's surnames and hear the accents and I find it so interesting. Um, so you would have had the British in a lot of the Caribbean over the centuries and they would have r- been ruling and, you know, there was indentured servitude where they would have taken the Irish over there on contracts for work. Um, you also had the slave trade going on so it has allowed for a huge mix of people over the centuries and it's so interesting when you go to places and you see English surnames and you hear accents that have similar words to home and you know there was a lot of Irish that went to the Caribbean um, back over the centuries with with the British and so interesting I think Bar- Barbados, Montserrat, uh, St. kits were very popular with the Irish um, but I think a lot of the islands did have uh, influx of people from Europe. It's so weird to go to a place so far away and yet see place names such as Kinsale and have surnames such as O'Brien like it's so unique and I just find it so cute. So if we kind of look back on the biodiversity there Um, As you know it's the Mesoamerican Barrier Reef and it is threatened uh, with warming ocean temperatures making the water more acidic which is killing the coral. However they have an organization doing work there Flora and Fauna International FFI and they have three protected marine areas so they protect the Mesoamerican Barrier Reef. The FFI also protect some of the wetlands, and mangrove forests, which are essential for species and maintaining biodiversity. And they cover an area of 8,000 km squared, which is quite large. You have species such as the hawksbill turtle, which is again endangered, as I mentioned, and the manatee. And also, some of their biggest exports are shrimp and lobster, which go to the US, um so i think these are these are dwindling in numbers now which is um unfortunate but again as i said we have to monitor our consumption and we as consumers have that responsibility and you know again in honduras they have endemic species a lot of their reptiles and amphibians are endemic so as i said before they they're not found anywhere else on the planet and and these species are so important to protect uh because they're unique you know um. So 50% of the 117 endemic species are threatened, endangered or extinct. Um, so this is so, so, so important to be aware of. I think for this week, a tip I would give on being more environmentally aware and conscious. We have to look again at consumption. Um, we are over consuming on a consistent basis. We have too much stuff and we're just constantly trying to fix ourselves with purchases. It doesn't work. And normally the thrill of a purchase usually comes before you buy and within a short time frame, the rush is gone. The rush of the the happy chemical is gone out of your system. And again, this is all due to, you know, the, the society we created. Unfortunately, the society we created makes us believe that everything is scarce, makes us live in a state of fear, which isn't, uh, which is unfortunate, you know, and I've said before, I've met people with nothing, barely a light switch, but yet they have joy in their hearts, they know, they know what happiness is, because they have everything they need, they have their family, they have food, you know, some people are struggling for food as well. But these people live day to day and they may just have the money to get the food for that day but they have what they need they have their family around them they have love and gratitude in their hearts but us in the western world we are living in a state of more 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 it's never enough it's never enough and also the belief mindset that i'm not enough you know it's like this not enoughness consistently and it's not a long term sustainable way to live, and we know this by looking at nature. You look at nature and you look at the destruction rate. We cannot survive on this planet the way we are living um It's just impossible. It is absolutely impossible for us to live here and sustain like we've overdone it, you know, and we actually have enough um so I, I don't know for the future what's going to happen with regards governments and all of this, because for me, I think it would be beautiful if we could move to a more locally sustainable operating system, if you get me. Um, because if you look at the pandemic right now, not that there's people winning, but there are people more fortunate than others. Uh, there are a lot of people getting more money and getting richer and there are a lot of people who are at the lower end of the scale struggling and suffering and you look at the likes of Amazon you look at the big companies that that are just going up into the trillions now and money and purchases is going into this big dollar businesses which isn't fair you know and you look at local people whose businesses have closed down so please 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 be aware of your consumption and that that is impacting I know you look at Amazon and think, oh, I could buy that so cheap. But look at the local people around you because when you purchase from a local person, you're putting back into the local economy. You're also making that person happier. That person then spreads that message on, you know, it just works better. Okay, guys, I'm super conscious that I'm getting uh, to the end of the podcast. I want to say again, thank you, thank you to the patrons. And if you are finding my messages helpful, and valuable in your life, becoming a patron is a wonderful way of supporting uh, the work of my podcast and my mission here to get people back in touch with nature and connecting to the planet. So the website is patreon.com slash catchkate and it can be simply the price of a coffee. And yeah, just so grateful for all of you being here with me. And if you found that today's episode was helpful to you, please share, subscribe um, and I would be so grateful for that. Remember that Honduras is not a scary place, it is absolutely divine and blissful and a paradise. And oh my god, like renting a private island, like who does that? <laughs> but to be fair guys, I literally paid 25 bucks, so it's not it's not that hard like people always say like how did you save up and i'm like yeah but it's easy if you if you consciously spend your money if you if you're a conscious consumer you know so just be aware of that that things don't need to be as complex as your mind makes them um so yeah have a wonderful week guys don't be afraid to get in touch if you have any feedback or you you are enjoying the episodes um have a gorgeous day ciao